Last week, we started in the top 10, top non-champions from 10 to 6. This week, we do the rest of the countdown from 5 to 1. Let's see who gets mad about this. Also on the show, NXT results. And Young Rock is back with the second season, and we're thrilled to review it. All the news, and we take a deep dive at WrestleMania 18. And what the hell went wrong with it? Here on All Things Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back to the show, fellow listeners. This is the All Things Wrestling Podcast. Damn right. We are two weeks away from the most stupendous two-night extravaganza WrestleMania of the year. We are your host, Ernie, and with me as always, and hopefully today, not ready for a fight this week, Michael. Sorry, I can't promise that. All right, we we have our beers ready for later, but first, let's get right to the news that matter. In big, biggie news, Biggie had his first appointment with his doctor on Tuesday, and he was basically told that he was lucky to be alive, but also was told, and he posted this on Twitter, had my first doctor's appointment and learning because of the C1 fracture, I narrowly escaped the stroke. Paralysis or death is very suffering. Life feels even more precious and valuable now. Well, yeah, dude. Uh, there's still no return update, just him taking it day by day. He had a, he went out for a walk, a little stroll the other day. If, you know, good to see him do that. Yeah, at least he can walk. I mean, that's something. He, he can walk. He, he just, not, it's nothing major, just, you know, minor stuff. He'll get back on there. Um, can barely hear you, dude. Oh, I was saying, yeah, minor. You know, broken neck, minor. I mean, if... The Undertaker's in the news this week, and it may not be in a good way. Uh, yeah. He went under a lot of criticism last year when he said the current WWE product was a little too soft. Nobody liked that one bit because they can't handle criticism from an old man these days. He did it again while being interviewed for his Hall of Fame induction ceremony coming up soon, and he had this to say. I think things have changed, and I can't just say that it's changed in wrestling. I think in all sports, there's a different generation. Call it evolution if you want. I don't think guys are leading the same lifestyle that guys in the past did. No, they're not. No, not at all, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Nah. One, they can't because everything they do, there's somebody somewhere pulling out a cell phone. Uh, I feel bad for them because they can't go and blow off steam somewhere after they work because they are constantly under some type of surveillance where I didn't have to worry about that because there wasn't cell phones and all that. Yeah, there was no social media back then. Can we go back to that? That kind of makes you wonder, though. What were they doing? Right? Like, uh, well, you know, you know the stuff they were doing. Shawn Michaels. And maybe all not that. all of it, though. Oh, you know, maybe not all of it. We know what we know, but we don't know all of it. You don't know the whole story. <laughs> when I came up, the locker room was a lot different. It was pretty crusty. You drove everywhere. You didn't fly very often. There were a few guys that have knives in their bags, guns in their bags. It was a different group of men. Not saying one is better and one is worse but they had a different way of settling things with, you know, scissors and all that. <laughs> yeah. that. That was one way to settle something with scissors. Yeah. yeah. We'll save that for another show. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, 
whole stabbing. Yeah, anyway, if there was a disagreement, they go in the shower, and that's where everything... Oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Too that's soon, a, dude. Wow. A whole other show. That is... Wow. You discussed it, and come to an agreement, or you threw down. Yeah. Are you trying to tell us something, dude? <laughs> Those guys didn't put up with any kind of crap and weren't afraid to call somebody out. Today's athlete is just that. They are athletes. They've been trained to do this. I'm sure there are some, but I don't think they have the same bad habits that a lot of us had. No, they don't. They're not a little, you know. Yeah, no, that's not necessarily a bad thing. They don't complain. Well, and the thing is, like, they it's want a to do job, well. right? Yeah. Like, you know, we love it, but it's a job. And so when you end that, unfortunately, that's why a lot of the old timers, when the job ended, they were unable to adapt to normal life whereas guys now they can go and make a movie whatever be real estate agents but like you know somebody like bruiser brody or you know anybody with cuts all on their forehead it's hard for them to go and say okay well i'm gonna go sell houses now you know abdullah the butcher it's it's hard for people like that to go and sell insurance i wonder what abdullah the butcher is doing these days he owned a restaurant or something uh, nice other than that, you know what I mean? It's, whereas now the guys are normal guys. They have degrees. They have other responsibilities. In life. Yeah. Right. He goes on to say it's not just the lack of bad habits. One change Callaway definitely sees as an improvement is that viewing wrestlers as athletes has brought a different approach to health, health from both the performer and the promoter. Fortunately, our business has evolved. Now we have trainers and we have doctors that travel with us. There are protocols in place when you do get hurt. Um, concussions. He said, so that is one of the greatest evolutions in our business, that you have to. If you do get hurt, you have to get cleared before you're allowed to get back in the ring. Yeah. Went back in the days, like, I can work through this. No, Shawn Michaels, we don't want you to just lose your smile. Well, it's kind of hard to find a doctor who knows how to evaluate somebody from parts unknown. So at least now we all know they're from Michigan. And... Oh my goodness! <laughs> or well, he was from Death Valley. The one that was well, part true. of known was freaking Ultimate Warrior. Well, lots of people Pop- were from Papa Shango. I was like, did they all come up from the same place? Parts unknown. Where is that at exactly? Was unknown. Parts unknown USA. Yeah. Deep dive on that one. <laughs> yeah. From the Mariana Trench. <laughs> Get uh, top ten parts unknown. Yeah, there you go. That's another one. On the next podcast, part uh, top ten parts unknown. <laughs> all the people, all the rest, all the top wrestlers that we loved, but they were part from parts Where unknown. Where were they from? Where the hell were they really from? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say Ultimate Warrior was from that spaceship that he wanted he to travel yeah. travel in. Gotta get that special, whatever. <laughs> Um, whereas early on, one, you didn't tell anybody that you got were hurt because you didn't want to take any time off because you didn't want to not get paid. It's a bloody vicious cycle. You're out there working hurt, and when you're working hurt, you're trying to protect one thing. Then you're going to end up hurting someone else. He does think those changes have come with a price, though, and Taker's going to shout out the guys who deliver what he wants from the product despite the differences. I feel like there's a travel, there's a level of grit that is missing from today's product. Here we go. 
I can just hear everybody typing on their computers in the basement. <laughs> I don't know nice. that a a <laughs> I don't know that it's anybody's fault. We all aged out, so that new group has come up. When you watch Brock Lesnar wrestle, you're interested because you know he's got this background. Suplex City. Not only as an amateur wrestler, Suplex City, professional wrestler, Suplex City, mixed martial artist, uh, Jim Ross. Brock doesn't do a bunch of crazy moves. Brock manhandles your ass. Suplex City. You get in there and you get thrown around and you get smashed. He's dead already. Stop. Stop! He's already dead. Roman has a little bit of that to him. Really? When he wants to. Randy has that to him when he wants to. What? Yeah, I agree with that. With Randy okay. Wilson. All right. But a, but a lot of the talent, younger talent, is the evolution of that comic book era. It is. Sure. The superhero era. Yeah. I, I mean, think, yeah. I wouldn't even say with Roman Reigns when you watch a lot of his stuff. I mean, you can definitely tell that he's working, but it's it's good, but you can definitely tell like it's pro wrestling for yeah whatever that means. Definitely, I think that's what their motivation and that's what their inspiration is. And they didn't have to come up and bust heads in bars and figure out how they're right. going to eat and things like that. Right. And quote. But that again, that's a good thing. They're not going places where people are challenging them and you know biker bars and crap like that. You know, now they're accepted in Hollywood. It's just like when the UFC first first started versus now. Now they're stars. They're not animals in cages. True. Uh, that's all the news that we had this week. Big E and Undertaker. Okay. Well, WWE had plans to bring in the NWO for WrestleMania weekend before the passing of Scott Hall. Unfortunately, uh, that won't happen anymore because no, of that. Not completely. Well, are they just not doing it at all? No, they're. Okay. Hall passed away earlier this month after being taken off life support following three heart attacks two days before. He was originally hospitalized for a broken hip, as he had fallen at his home and later had complicated from complications from hip surgery. As of this writing. From WrestlingNews.co, it's unclear whether WWE still plans on bringing Kevin Nash, Sean Waltman, and Hulk Hogan for WrestleMania weekend. The legendary group was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame as part of the 2020 class last year because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Still do it. Still do yeah, it. I think they should. I think even more now they should. Have yeah. It. Have all four of them, Kevin Nash, um, X-Pac, Hulk, all three of them go out and do the two sweet. And then stand in the ring and, you know, Kevin Ash does his thing and then they're just like, hey, yo. And go on with that. Well, and I think maybe even similar if they borrow from, like, what they did for Kobe Bryant, maybe they should have seats for all of them and then have one seat, empty seat, but with, like, a jersey or something with his name on it to show that. Yes, that would be awesome thing to do. Like his vest or something, you know, the vest that he used to wear to the ring. The vest, that Razor Ramon vest. Yeah. The uh, Scott Hall with the 
red and white vest or red and black. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I think they definitely should do that. Something like that. Yeah, something. Not exactly no. that. Well, something along the lines of that. That's all the news we have. Let's move along with NXT results. I was going to do AEW results, but I wasn't able to watch the whole thing just in time for to announce it here. Like I saw who was wrestling. I saw the matches on the card. And I said, oh, I got to watch this, and then I'm going to review it. Of course, we're going to do that, but we're going to do it next week. So, so it's going to come up. So it's going to come up because I really want to watch that um, CM Punk versus Dax Hard Dax match, whatever his name is from the FTR, the revival. And then who else is wrestling that night? A bunch of other people, too. Dynamite. Oh, Jeff Hardy. Apparently, he freaking dove off a ledge at a school, or and not a school, but uh, where they were wrestling at. So in the backstage area. So yeah, gotta talk about that. So instead, we're gonna do NXT. First match of the night, ladder match qualifier: Solo Sokoa defeating. Um, Jobber Roderick Strong. I said it. I said it. Like, hey, you can disagree with me all you want, but that I know you're not. But I'm just saying, whoever's listening, you can disagree with me all you want. But hey, um, ever since the Undisputed Era left, he's just damn. <laughs> just released Roderick already. You know, at this point, he's just enhancement talent. And I feel like I said this already, but it's true. Let him go and be with his friends, and we'll have an Undisputed Era 2.0 in AEW. And, you know, his wife can join, too. If you can go up in there. Uh, Solo Sokoa, again, with the names, who was using, you know, who the hell is using the Wu-Tang generator? <laughs> oh, like, Solo Sokoa here and now. Once he gets to the main roster to hang out with his brothers, he'll be using Joseph Fatu again, right? Yeah. Fatu. Or I hadn't looked him up, but I was gonna I was gonna say, is he uh is he a relative, he, but I guess he's a relative. Okay. He's a dynasty. Well then he his place is assured, at least for a while. He's a member of the dynasty. Uh, Tony D'Angelo defeated Dexter Loomis. That's great. Electra Lopez defeated Fallon Henley. NXT version of Montgomery Gentry started brawling with the other two members of Legado del Fantasma. Um, and, uh, and then it just became Electra Lopez versus Fallon Henley. Backstage segment with Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu. Dakota Kai calls her shot and says tonight she will do what no man or woman has ever done, and that is have her name on the Dusty Cups trophy for the second time. Sure. Sure, Jan. Sure. Braun Breaker defeated Robert Roode. Glorious. I Seriously, the Glorious theme song came up, and I'm just like, finally. Like, if he had won the NXT belt, him by himself, that 
freaking song would have been trending again. We would have been seeing um, the YouTube algorithm would have given us the um, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano trying to play glorious again and again and again. But, you know, it had to be Dolph Ziggler, I guess. Now, I'm curious, why? Because I hadn't watched in a while, except before I went in February. Why is Robert Roode in NXT again? Where he's with uh, Dolph Ziggler, their tag team. Why is Dolph so, Ziggler in NXT? Because the ratings sucked. So let's get the belt from away from Braun Breaker and give it to Dolph Ziggler. Okay, so it's not a punishment to Dolph Ziggler. It's a thing mm, down to help the show. Yeah, I don't think it's a punishment for Braun oh, okay. Breaker either. I'm like, why would? No, but I was like, why would they send somebody who had, you know, he was he was a, already established and everything. Yeah. But Robert Roode is a former NXT champion, also. So why not giving it to him? Okay. Unless both of those guys were legitimate guys in in the main shows, though. Yeah, I saw. They, but I yeah. guess they sent them down to help NXT. Yeah. Okay. The 2.0 brand, That's I guess. <laughs> um, and because, I guess, they can't count on just Braun Breaker. Um, there's a lot of people that are moving up to the main roster, so, okay. like, let's help Braun out. They're just going to cut out all the faces mm-hmm. and just bring in some peels from the main roster and feud with Braun Breaker. Okay. Right. Uh, Grayson Waller defeated A-Kid, who's a, on the roster of the NXT UK. NXT UK still exists, apparently. Wow. Um, I'm so glad it's not NXT UK 2.0 yet. <laughs> that would have been horrible. It would be kind of cool, though, if A-Kid was ABC Kid, and then he could be, like, the new one, two, one, two, three, three Kid. kid. Yeah. Wow. One, two, three. <laughs> Uh, yeah um, after the match Carmelo Hayes kind of touched on that Uh, Um, (laughs) he said hey A kid I'm going to give you a B whatever he said I don't know he said something about B and then there's C in there and then he said something about his mom and then A kid punched him back hold on one minute And then he punched – yeah, he punched him back. After the match, Carmelo Hayes gave A-Kid another chance to be in the ladder match for another qualifying match next week. And you'll hear about it later. The Creed Brothers defeated Grizzle Young Veterans, or the Steiner Brothers 2.0. After the match, NXT Tron, I don't know what to call it, showed the Diamond Mines locker room getting vandalized with cameras showing someone texting on their phone. And sending it to the screen saying that they will find the Creed Brothers. It's not MSK because they were both tall. And it's not Emporium, Imperium because they showed footage of them getting ready for the next match. Which was, uh, I don't want to say his name like this. Walter defeated Duke Hudson. Uh, Gunter. Whatever. No, dude. You're still Walter. I don't care. Just like Dewdrop is still Viper. I could see why they're uh, what do you call it? You call them Steiner Brothers. I could see it, kind of. So, are these guys actually brothers? Okay, so yeah, they're really brothers. They are. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, 
After the match, LA Knight, who's basically going to the main roster real soon, came out to confront Walter, but Emporium had a different idea to attack him. This got MSK to come out and help out LA Knight. They're just going to help him out before they send him packing. Uh, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray defeated Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu for the Women's Dusty Classic Finals. That's it. This is done with. Can we get Cody to come out now? No, not yet. Okay. After the match, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray announced they were cashing in their Dusty Classics Tag Team Opportunity for a better opportunity. And that is a shot at the NXT Women's Championship in a Fatal 4-Way match. Now, I don't know if I'm revealing anything that other people don't know, which obviously is not true. But uh, I don't think Dusty's going to come out, right? Wink, wink. Nope. Because he would <laughs> never come back to WWE. Right. Uh, so, no, believe he's not going to do that. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll keep saying that until it happens. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, maybe it's a misdirect. He's really going to be the, uh, you know, there's also rumors that he's really in charge of Ring of Honor. Yeah. yeah it's probably not really him. It's Remember when they had that midget Bret Hart come out? Oh, my goodness. Midget or Cody. Gilbert. Um, fake Cody Rhodes. Oh no! Maybe it'll be uh, uh, Gold Dust dressed as Cody Rhodes. Yeah, there you go. Like a bunch of smoke and mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> um, NXT Stand and Deliver will be airing April second on the Peacock Network, the same day as Night One of WrestleMania, starting at one. Mm. What are we gonna have? Like fifteen hours of WrestleMania? Where's WrestleMania be this year? Do you know? Um. Uh, Kevin Owens, can you tell me? Oh, yeah, Texas. Okay. They have so it'll be in not... the States. So that's crazy that they're going to play the other show. Cause I remember one time, I wanted to watch wrestling. I forgot which event it was, but it was when they go to Dubai. And I'm like, I'm not going to be up at 4 a.m. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, be up at 4 a.m. just to watch Whatever this show. Crazy. Uh, so April 2nd, 1 o'clock. Go all the way straight to 10 o'clock just to watch the show. Uh, we have our new Sunday Night Heat before the big show again. Yes. We may have two nights of podcasting to do that weekend, right? Yeah. Carmelo. Yes. When you say one, are you, because, you know, we're in different time zones. Are you talking about 1 p.m.? 1 p.m. Central, oh. 2 p.m. Eastern. Okay. That's yeah. And then, okay, right. which is going to be like a short match or short show, like probably two hours. Um, yeah, because uh, you'll find out why Carmelo Hayes will put up his North American Championship in a ladder match against Santos Escobar, Solo Zicoa, Grayson Waller, Cameron Grimes, and the winner of the match between A Kid and that jobber, Roderick Strong. So basically, A Kid, just say A Kid's going to be in the match, that's it, you know. Don't have to announce the entire thing. Tommaso Ciampa will face Tony D'Angelo. Not to be confused with D'Angelo De Niro or Tony Mama Luke of the full-blooded full Italians. Wow. Regardless if Ciampa wins or loses, it will probably be his last match on NXT before he gets lost in the shuffle on the main roster. There will be a fatal four-way match for the NXT Women's Championship Mandy Rose is putting up the title against the Dusty Classics winner. Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray, and AJ Lee look alike. Cora Jade. I said it. 
for the next NXT Tag Team Championship, and for Imperium is putting up the tag belts against MSK and Steiner Brothers 2.0. Realize all your all your little uh, comments stuff is gonna make it hard for us to get sponsored by them. The Creed Brothers, yeah, great. Hey, Creed Brothers. La Knight has a death wish before he joins the main roster when he faces Walter. I mean Gunter. And hopefully he will get out of this match alive. And finally, future oh, WWE yeah. Hall of Famer and up and coming NXT sensation. The NXT champion himself will be putting up the belt against Braun Breaker. Can't wait. I, I do have a question. Yes. So, have you ever seen um, Rocky? Are you familiar with that franchise? Of course. Are you familiar with the spinoff Creed? Creed, yes. Okay. And, and remember that uh, the son Creed was not by uh, Apollo's wife and Rocky. It was an illegitimate another, child. Another one, yeah. Yeah. So now, exactly, the Creed brothers, exactly, did they ever find out who the mother was? Because obviously Apollo must be the father. Oh, but dear. If, who, who would he have had those kids with? And, and how, do, how do they fit into the canon? Are we aware yet, or is that, is that later? Are we going to reveal that later? You know, let's just ask him when he's done filming Black Panther. Okay, yeah, because we're going to have to figure out. I, I can see uh, Creed, you know, from the Creed movie. But this now this is really throwing me for a loop. And what also threw me for a loop is that I thought Michael Jordan was going to be in um, the new um, Space Jam movie. <laughs> well, he but, was, but it ended up being Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> okay, it was him. They just it was it was him. Just you know, um, fake Diesel, fake Razor Ramon, who was in a movie himself, uh, Ninja Turtles. Hey, Super Shredder. Um. Yeah, that's all of the news for AEW. AEW, great. That's all the news for NXT 2.0. Oh my God! We have a great audience. Thank you. Yes, guys. we do. So glad you guys are here. We are live. We're in a live studio audience. Live studio building this new week. You know. Support literacy for uh, underprivileged youth, so that's that's why the audience is that way. Sweet, <laughs> too sweet. Can't start um, too young, right? Correct. So, stand and deliver will be on the NXT at one. Well, the NXT the that day, the same day, night day one. After that is the kickoff show, which you will watch on the uh, USA Network. After that is WrestleMania Night 1. So you're basically on all day. You're going to be exhausted by the time. You know what? Don't even worry about it. Don't even watch the shows. Like, I'll just skim through it and be like, oh, we'll let you watch. Just listen to us. We'll let you know what happened, if it was worth watching. We'll do the same um, reviews that we do here also. Like, cool. how many videotapes will we exactly. give it? What we'll do is this. We'll, we'll be like a, the Mr. Skin of wrestling. We'll tell you. 30 minutes. Tune in here. 42 minutes. Like that. We'll tell you where and when to watch. You don't have to watch those. 
watch us. We could use a few more million viewers. Listeners. Listener. Viewers, listener. Doesn't. Yeah. Tell your friends. There you go. Oh. I did say a while back that we would discuss TV shows with wrestlers in it because you have to support them as well after they are gone from the ring. Once season two of Heels gets back on the air, I will be watching it live. Also, The Rock's Road to Recome the President the documentary TV show is back on NBC, and we still don't know if he won after last season's cliffhanger season finale. Great. So let's start off with episode, season one, season two, I'm sorry, episode one and two of season two. Um, the first episode, hilarious. Tony Atlas and his laugh, yeah. played by Antoine Torbert. After this episode, I had to go back on YouTube and listen to Tony Atlas laugh for at least another 40 seconds because <laughs> it was dead on. I could It's like, wow. Um, Danny Garcia, The Rock's ex-wife, played by Arlene Broke, who was also on Ballers of his show. And Downtown Bruno, played by Ryan Pinkston, who we will tell you who his real name was later on. So, episode one starts off. Randall Park plays himself doing a documentary interview with Dwayne Johnson, who is running for president of the United States, on a horse telling us that we are weeks away from November voting. Coincidentally, it coincides with WrestleMania. Cool. Each week on every episode, Dwayne Johnson does something political or non-political that he's reminded of when he was young in his three other decades. There's Baby Dewey. There's Baby Dewey, who is 10 years old. Teenage DJ, who is 15 but looks 30. Buy me a beer. And College Dwayne, who is trying to get his NFL career on track or so. He thinks. Wink, wink. We know what you're doing. He sings Desperado and sends a voice memo uh-huh. to his daughters in a group message, which Randall says is a great dad move, which Dwayne starts telling him the story of his father and how he feels he should be there for his daughters, even if his father wasn't there for him. So we go flashbacks to 1983 in Hawaii, and Dewey is watching TV with his mom and grandma, who is supposed to be on house arrest. Right. So they're watching the wrestling match in WWE where Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas won the WWF tag team titles from Alpha and Sika, the Wild Samoans. I love how it's so you could yeah, you could tell who they are. But even though they're just like, yeah, it's Alpha and Sika. Like, yeah, we know who they are. It's freaking hilarious that they got some actors to play them. It actually look like them. <laughs> yeah, it's like all the actors that have played all these wrestlers, uh, the Macho Man one, the Andre the Giant one. <laughs> Iron Sheik. I mean, the Macho Man's the best. <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, I keep like going back and I was like, wait, what happened at this time during this time when Macho Man was here? Oh, okay, cool. Um, an FBI agent shows up at the house and takes the grandma because she was supposed to be at her house, not her daughter's house. Yeah, it has to be her house. But he took her grocery shopping first. Right. Hilarious. Last season, she threatened Greg Yao, a rebel, a rival wrestling promoter who kind of reminded me so much of Jimmy Wang Yang. Remember him? <laughs> of course. <laughs> the Asian cowboy Absolutely. from 10 years ago. <laughs> and the name did remind me of Greg Gang, Ganya, yeah. or possibly just another yeah, wrestling yeah. promoter, or possibly just another wrestling promoter who was still talent back then. Yeah. 
it just pretty much reminded me of all these people. But the Jimmy Wang Yang, oh, like, are we seriously doing that? Wow. Um, have you ever heard the Tony Adams laugh? If not, go check it out on YouTube. Yeah. Because they really got his likeness and his laugh on this show. Yeah. The family goes out to dinner and Tony Atlas joins them. Dewey brings one of the tag team belts and Tony Atlas takes it away from Dewey to hold it for a few. Doesn't he have one at home? Yeah, you think he would, right? It's tag team. Yeah. Doesn't he have his own? Yeah, why why is why is he hogging his, Dewey's belt? You know, yeah. like he didn't want to give it to him, it's just like, no, why what are you doing, dude? <laughs> like, I want to hold it. You have your own at home. Didn't they give you one too? Basically, Dewey is jealous of his dad hanging out with this other yeah. guy. Yeah, you don't have to worry about. It. Let's just keep it where he's at. You know, he's a big part of wrestling. You know, he's one of the witnesses. But anyway, on the other hand, Rocky was a bit jealous of Tony Atlas, who was getting fans because of how big he was, and Rocky wasn't. He was okay. <laughs> funny thing I have to point out. Uh, anybody who's worked out, done anything, and uh, things like that. The funny line was uh, when they went to the steakhouse and he ordered the tilapia. Because if you've ever been on any kind of diet, hey. white rice and tilapia. Right, rice and tilapia. Chicken and tilapia. Or, oh, right. and, and white rice and broccoli. So, you know, Got tilapia it. is a staple of people who have to not be fat. You got to work out. <laughs> Show that progress. Show goes to right. <laughs> Show goes to commercial and comes back, and we're in 1987. DJ goes to live with his dad, who is working in Nashville, which means Memphis wrestling. Yeah. Rocky Johnson is working for Jerry Lawler because he claims that they need him to cut a few promos. I love that Jerry Lawler was mentioned. What was he doing? Yeah, he wasn't in um, WWE yet, but still. Like, oh shit, the king of wrestling. The king of Memphis, I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. DJ gets there and Bobo wins, picks him up. Old wrestler from Nashville Territories. He takes DJ to a hotel, to a hotel where Rocky wanted to drop him off. And there, DJ meets up with downtown Bruno, who we all know as Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> My favorite manager, scheming little asshole of all time and they're still best friends <laughs> when uh he was managing giant gonzalez at wrestlemania 9 oh most definitely <laughs> his resume oh wow his resume comes up when he is introduced same as every major character we see on the show so i'm guessing we're gonna get a lot of see a lot of these two he is known as the most villainous manager in memphis and inexplicably becomes one of Dwayne's best friends Still can't believe they're best friends. Like, you know, the he's a he. If anybody's a weasel, it's him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, even more than Bobby. <laughs> than Bobby Heenan, because I've heard stories that um, um, he helped Sid one time, um, you know, pass a drug test. I believe it. I, I believe it. I um. He's a little schemer in the. And he's a little political, political schemer too. It's like a little bunch of stuff. We could do a whole show about him. Let's do that. Maybe we will. <laughs> Maybe well, we I mean, will. Figure he wasn't going to get by on his size. He definitely wasn't going to get by on his looks. 
Of course not. Not his looks. I mean, even though he did have a tuxedo match with the Fink, oh. uh, we oh. remember we remember stuff around here. Oh, unfortunately. Unfortunately, even May Young. Oh. Uh, um, kids today don't ever look up May Young, please. No, don't. M-A-E, don't. Not M A Y. Don't look. Uh, you don't ever look up the hand. <laughs> no, don't. Don't look that up. Don't type in into Google May Young having a hand as a kid. <laughs> with Mark Henry. Don't do uh, Okay. <laughs> they go to a restaurant and a fan walks by and tells Bruno, up yours because of what he's done. Bruno shrugs it off because he gets those all the time. Keep K-Fabe alive. <laughs> Bruno's a heel and Rocky is a face, so they can't be seen together. And that was a big thing back in the day. Unfortunately, um, it didn't stop um, the Iron Sheik and. No, I got. Ho! No. That guy. The whole train. It wasn't that. No, it wasn't the whole train. It was um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh, see. That didn't stop. Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan from riding together and getting stopped by the cop because they were pulled over because they were smoking weed. No, of course not. (laughs) No, that never happened. Sure. It's fake news. Fake news. Don't Google that either. Don't Google Iron Sheik or Hacksaw Jim Duggan together. It never happened. And also, don't watch uh, Bigger, Stronger, and Faster by Chris Bell. Don't watch. Oh, my. Now I'm curious. Okay, I I had to look up Rocky Johnson's wiki, and it doesn't show anything about working in Memphis or for Jerry Lawler. Hmm. So he lied, man. It does mention that he was all over the territories in NWA winning championship belts, but nothing about Tennessee, Memphis, or any of that surrounding area. So he was just working, probably working at a bar, and hey, I know Jerry Lawler. He well, you know, I was going to say, Bell. though, and a lot of the rock stuff, if you see documentaries about him, he talks about living in um, Tennessee at times. So, Yeah, but never getting to see his dad. That was the whole point. Yeah. I, do, I just typed it in. There is a segment where Rocky Johnson, he actually uh, faced Jerry Lawler for a Southern title match in 1977. Okay, so he never held 1977? Okay, but he never held a belt there. Oh, he was no, working for him, but you know, it was he was working it, for him, but probably like a janitor and stuff. No, but look, it says Jerry Lawler tricked champion Rocky Johnson into a title match. Oh, I see that. It was at this time that he tells the story of him going up to Canada and joining the CFL and having stories with him calling his new girlfriend at the time, ex-wife, and pretty much partner of everything, Danny Garcia. He met her when he was 18, when he didn't have any stability in his life. In the CFL, there are different rules and different energy than the NFL. He would be offside when he thought he wasn't. The field, the field was wider. 12 men on the field instead of 11. Yeah, I was confused by all that stuff in the CFL. I was like, no, I'm not watching this. <laughs> I'm used to all this other stuff in the NFL. The first year, he didn't make the team, but was put on the practice squad, which made less than minimum wage. So on the regular team, he would have made 55 k a year. 
On the practice squad, he makes 350 a week in loonies, which is converted to our dollar system as $276.12. That's rough. Wow. Especially back in 1994. The flashback is over, and Dwayne Johnson tells Randall Park that this is why he thinks Desperado to his daughter, because of the stability in his life. And the first episode ends, or so we think... We get one more scene of John Austin from Lord of the Rings. We know him as Rudy or Samwise. As Dr. Julian Echo going on social media berating the DJ and not his president. And the world should hear what he has to say about him. And we do get to hear what he has to say about him. Episode 2 is titled Seven Bucks, which basically tells the story that The Rock tells how he only has seven bucks after he got released from the CFL, but before he joined the WWE. Seven Bucks is also the name of his production company, which is, that is managed by him and his ex-wife, Danny Garcia. Okay, so ask me after this um, about my theory of who could be in charge of WWE if The Rock buys it. Pretty good theory. <laughs> Ep- episode 2 takes place in Calgary in ni- of 1996 when he was cut from the CFL. Even though he got better with the practice squad, they still cut him out. But it's during this time that he befriended defensive lineman and first staff player in the history of the CFL, Kenny Walker, who also ended up playing two seasons with the Denver Broncos. Meanwhile, the B storyline transition had Rocky Johnson, Ada, and Grandma watching the O.J. Simpson trial. <laughs> Good times. At one point, Grandma asked for prayers from the High Chief, High Chief Peter Maivia, her ex her deceased husband, to protect fucking O.J. Protect OJ. Protect him. I mean, we were all were you were we in high school? Yeah, we were in high school when no, we heard. We were in well, I was we, in middle school. Well, you were in middle school? Okay. So out, yeah. So I was probably ninety five. Yeah, was, no, all right. So freshman year? Dude, we were, were you a year above me? Yeah. You were in Josh's we, grade. Yeah, I was a year yeah. below Josh. Okay, so, so then we you were in ninth grade. Like everybody was watching it, and during class. Yeah, same same with me, but I was in eighth grade. So, um, we're in the other class taking a test, and we hear the freaking verdict, and everybody is fucking cheering. Wow! I'm, wow! I'm like, what? <laughs> What's going on over there? Oh, the verdict. OJ is um, not guilty. I'm like, what? So, <laughs> and they're me, they're cheering for this. <laughs> so let me explain to you. Now, I was uh, you're from California, so you may be familiar. At that time, I was living in a place called uh, Newcastle. Are you familiar? Mm, Newcastle. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was basically like ten minutes from Auburn. Okay. Okay. Are you familiar with Auburn? Yeah. Okay. So when I was in class, do you think they were cheering? In Auburn? Um, Were they? Hell no. Auburn was basically deliverance. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I remember a kid actually got kicked out of class. Well, I was the only non-white kid in the class. We'll just say that. Um, And when... They said not guilty. One kid was like, "Oh, they should hang him from a tree." And he actually oh got my. kicked out of class. Yeah, the teacher was like, I, "I wonder if I wasn't there, maybe the teacher would have been like, I agree.' But who knows? I don't know. 
But I was like, yeah, I remember. I remember specifically. Cause I, and I'm like, oh, shit. Damn. Because <laughs> I'm the only guy who couldn't uh, fall into a pile of paper and disappear. So I'm like, oh, oh. God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, there's my got, story. I guess we got the cheers because, you know, everybody loves a good um, well, and story. Yeah. And it was Sacramento. So, and, and it was Encina. Do you yeah, remember, though? Now, off the, okay. Do you remember what was his name? Jeremy something that he had the blonde spiky tips. He was in my science class. Fuck. You had to have known. Oh God, yes. I think he was on the football team. Not Steven only that, I have him on tape. Okay, yeah. There was him, no, and there was I'm... other guy. What was they called? That he, he he called himself a rapper. What was that? Boy's name? Um... I had well, I well, because I, I was in the EBS class. I was just like okay. I uh, record everything around the area, and for our last year for the seniors, we, what we mm. did the uh, what was it the a whole uh, school did a whole thing where they were all a uh, bouncy house and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that oh, was that year? Yeah, I guess. Well, you guys did that year last year because you guys did that the year I was there too. The 99, yeah. 99. It was the during the spring they did the bounce house. The and they did that. Prom thing where people were like taking fake prom pictures or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, during that time, I was taking the camera out, I was, like videotaping everything, like okay. putting it for class. Um, that freaking moment in the bouncy house turned into a wrestling ring. Yeah, well, the they did that when I was there thing. too. Well, yeah, I know that because oh, they okay. do that all the time. But oh, okay, as sweet. soon as that moment happened. I went over there, started filming everything, made it seem into a wrestling match. I started um, commentating. Everybody was like, oh, my God. Are we serious? I was like, yeah. So who's that guy that you kept mentioning? I can't. I, he was in He was in the home ec class with me and Robert. Yeah, he was there. Like, I, that's no, where I recognize Not Jeremy, probably. though. There was Jeremy, but there was another guy, though, too. Um, I'll remember because he had a fake rap. Like, he had his own rap name or whatever. But he was a. One of those guys, he was there. Like I have him on videotape, and he's talking, and I'm just like, "Who is that?" And then I see him, I was like, "Oh, okay." So I'm still recording, and it's like, "Oh yeah," like, "What the hell?" (laughs) It's like, "All right, whatever." Uh, but it was hilarious. Um, oh, I remember. Okay, Okay. so I don't know the real name, but hold on, sorry. The other guy. Yeah, the other guy. I don't remember his real name, but his. Rap name was TBK because he was trying to be like BTK. TBK. No, I don't remember ask, any of that. If you talk to Rad- Roderick ever again, ask him about like in class in 98, 99, 98, 99. He'll probably, he listens to the show. He'll probably tell you, like, hey, I know it is. <laughs> yeah. And he's, yeah, he was in that class with us with me, um, Roderick, and Marav. Marav. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, I know who those are. It's like all these people are coming up. Like, damn, I know these people. <laughs> um, but the whole thing with OJ is hilarious because they were all cheering and shit. I'm just like, you know, he did it, right? I don't yeah, know but that. you know, like, later on know we that. find out he does it. Later on we I all... didn't find out. No, <laughs> I didn't find out. It, it came out with a show. If I did do it, this is how I would have done you it. You mean the fictional book? Oh my God! Are you talking about that? The fictional book? All right, that, he's not guilty. He's not guilty. Oh my lord! All I'm saying is this: you can't have it both ways. Uh, do you trust the court? 
Hey, you're absolutely right. I can't believe we started. Do you trust the courts or do you not trust the courts? I trust the courts. Okay, then he didn't do it. Didn't do it. Okay. Cool. Because you can't then go back one day and say, well, they got it. They either get it wrong or they get it right. So I don't know that he, maybe you know he did it. Maybe you were there. I don't know, but I don't know that he did it. As far as I know, he didn't do it. I heard he did it. Oh, okay. I heard he did it. I didn't hear from any reputable sources that he did. Um, OJ involved in a wrestling <laughs> podcast. What has this world come to? But then again, OJ involved in a wrestling um, segment did happen at WrestleMania 10 or 9, 11, 12. Not WrestleMania 12 with yeah, Roddy Piper and Goldust. His oh. uh, Bronco. You forgot. The car. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, now <laughs> when they with had the their little parking lot match. The parking lot brawl with yeah. the Bronco. Go- with the Bronco. Um, <laughs> let's do the whole J. Simpson get bit. It's like, oh my goodness. And then it's happening. I'm like, is that OJ? Is that the OJ chase? <laughs> They're redoing the OJ chase. That's hilarious. Mm. What they got uh, back in the day. They pretty much did. <laughs> Kenny Walker takes Dwayne Fishing. That's the guy that deaf. Yeah. Um, and they tell stories about Andre the Giant when he would fish. At one point, Dwayne breaks mm-hmm. the rod, and Kenny tells him it's just a thing, not to worry about it too much. Uh, just when Dwayne is getting comfortable imbibing with the practice team, the coach gives him the pinch that he usually yeah. does to the other players when they're about to be budget cut, mm-hmm. <laughs> which sets off Dwayne immediately. Hey, budget cut. <laughs> nah, it's budget cut. Dwayne lands back in Miami and meets up with Danny, his girlfriend at the time, and she tries to convince him to get into wrestling. He calls his family and tells him to come pick him up, and his dad doesn't ask any questions, just drives four hours from Tampa to pick him up and four hours back home. He looks what's in his pocket for money, and he takes out eight bucks, but one of the dollar bills fly out of the window and land on an alligator's face because they're driving through Alligator Alley. Alligator Road? Doesn't really matter. Rocky Jansen is about to risk it all, lose his hand for a dollar. It's all in the hips. But Dwayne convinces him it was just a thing and not to worry about it. Back in the present, old man Rock gets notified that he, the man that closed out the last episode, is still talking shit and saying that the Rock threatened to kill him in elementary school. How do you remember that? Like, yeah, when we were kids, he threatened to kill me. Yeah. We say that all the time, though, right? I'm going to kick your ass, kill you. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't really mean it, but... If we were all held accountable for all the things we've ever said in life... Oh, boy. We've been canceled by now. We've been canceled, strung up, quartered, and guillotined and all that. (laughs) And we end it with The Rock knowing who this guy is. He says, oh, shit. But he doesn't say it. Admission of guilt. Yeah, kind of. Like, oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, um, Tony Khan works for AW. The other Khan, uh, Nick Khan, who works for WWE, like, if Vince McMahon ever to sell, you know, like, I believe Nick Khan would be like, hey, I know exactly the guy who would buy it. Because, you know, he also bought the XFL. Um, 
call the rock up and be like, hey, do you want to buy um, WWE? It's up for sale. The rock be like, hell yeah, how much? Give him a number, the rock will buy it. You know, doesn't matter. The company will buy it. Um, seven bucks production presents WWE. They might have to get along with it. But who's in charge of WWE now that The Rock owns it? Can't be The Rock because he's out here doing stuff. He wants to, you know, become president. He wants to do this. He wants to do movies. Uh, ex wife, I guess. Give it to the ex wife. Danny Garcia now owns the WWE. CEO of the WWE. Dude, a woman is in charge of the WWE. A woman already is in charge of the WWE. Yeah. True. Woman but, it's hand- but it's handed. It was handed out to her. A woman it was- I had a crush on. Stephanie McMahon Hemsley. She's married, bro. Sorry. Yeah, that, I, <laughs> she wasn't married when I had a crush on her. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> she wasn't married when I went to a show in Baltimore at the convent- at the Baltimore Arena and had a sign that said, Marry Me Stephanie, and had a a ring that I took with me to the, to the event. <laughs> when was this, uh, sir? This was, what year would that have been? 2001? Wow. Had it been 2001. You, yeah. you were all, <laughs> you were ready for it. <laughs> like, say no, yes or no. What do you, <laughs> right before Way before the internet, way before we found out oh. the real truth, of course. She's really hooking up with that one guy. Well, you know, they were back and forth. I said, well, while she's in turmoil, I can always be a shoulder to shoulder. China or Stephanie? Stephanie, not China. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying, no. Yeah, of course. I was too young for China. Too young for China, but not too young for Stephanie. Stephanie's the same age as us. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, that's all the for Young Rock. We put out the question of the week a few weeks ago. What are your top wrestlers, either heel or face, that were top guys in their era and their company, but never got the big belt? The World Championship in WWE or the WWE Championship? Again, keep in mind, growing up, we only watched two companies, one in WWE and the other in WWE. Uh, this list got a little controversial. The sum is going to have a lot of people saying bullshit. Last week, we started the top 10 list, but we stopped at six. Tonight, we're continuing on to that countdown from five to one. Uh, well, and so, let, me point, let me point out something real quick just for the listeners. If there are repeats, it's we each have our own top ten. So, like, let's say your number nine could be my number two. Exactly. Could be. <laughs> so, why don't you start us off with number five? Right. And are we ready to drink? Is this when we drink? Well, I've, I've already been, but sure. Oh. Just wine this time. Oh, okay. That's Pretty much, that's fine. Let's go. All right, start us off. Let's go. Who are we going to complain about? My 
my number five is gonna be Superfly, Jimmy Snuka. Nice. Okay. Definitely a superstar back in the day, fan favorite. Everybody loved him. Young people, old people, uh, involved in. Although he wasn't the cause of the controversy, but he was involved in a controversial segment with the coconut. I don't see why they couldn't have put the belt on him for half a year. Half you know, a year would be fine. Yeah, he had the look. He had the he had the talent. He could go. I don't see why he, for at least half a year. Yeah, it's true. All right, my number five. Oh boy, can't wait! Owen Hart in WWE 1991 through 1999. Not because of his death; it's more of a he should have gotten it when he was feeding with his brother. SummerSlam should have been it, but he didn't receive that push. Instead, it was given to Bob Backlund, crazy psychotic heel. Owen was a top heel from the start of the year. He won the King of the Ring. He should have put him in the front of the line. He got together with Yokozuna, and then when that finished, they let Yoko try to go after it again instead of Owen. They had Owen and British Bulldog as a tag team, so they let Debbie Boy go after it. Owen gives HBK a concussion. Still not a championship opportunity. Montreal screw job happens. Owen's the only one that stayed. That should have been a reason to give him the belt at least for a few weeks before throwing it back to Shawn Michaels, who left anyways because he had a bad back. You know, give it to the guy that can actually wrestle. Not that guy. Not, I lost my smile. Not my back. Not, you know, all that. Give it to the guy that can actually wrestle. Put him in a match against Stone Cold Steve Austin. That would have been a better pay-per-view main event. And friggin' WrestleMania and, you know, from there, hey, build up would have been like, you broke my neck. And Owen would been like, yeah, I broke your neck. Yeah, like what are you going to do about it? Stung me. Uh, hardcore Holly, right? That could have been yeah. a precursor to that. Pretty much. PWI Feet of the Year with Bret Hart in 1994. Number 10 in the PWI Top 500 in 1994. Even he's a my top 10. He's on there. Let's go. That's a good... good, uh, I'm surprised he's not your number one. Uh, We're not there yet. Like, I'm trying to get people to listen and then, like, oh, you lost me. (laughs) We'll see if I lose anybody. Um... I'm also a member of the old school wrestling group. I got a few people here. I got Neil Preet saying, there's a few WWF guys I thought could have had a good run. Did Razor ever get it? Big Boss Man, Rick Rude, Jake Roberts, all were talented enough in some way that I could have seen them win a run. I agree, dude. I agree. Uh, Some people said Double A, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. Yeah. uh, Wahoo McDaniels, which... I thought, like, wow, really? Yeah, that's kind of... I, wow. You got I some trolls. Right, you got some trolls, the usual trolls. Repo Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, really? Tito Santana. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Hercules it's Hernandez. Than Repo Man. Hercules, Hercules Hernandez. Hercules is good. I like Hercules. Stop. 
Ken Shamrock. <laughs> he kind of had it for a weekend. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow's on that list of That's wow. Cool. That's, you don't you don't agree with that? I kind yeah I do, but the fact that they made him into a jobber that whole year. Well, that yeah. With with that. the million dollar corporation. Um, I got Paul Orndorff, Wahoo, uh, Magnum, Nikita, all basically people that you said. I do also. like Paul Orndorff. Um, who else? Bobby Eaton. Really? <laughs> How about the Red Rooster? Uh, <laughs> nobody mentioned the Red Rooster. <laughs> Terry, it was somebody said Terry. Yeah, it might have been one person said Terry Taylor. Oh, okay. And, just said no, no way. Um, Bobby Eaton, Davy Boy Smith, Dean Malenko, really Dean? I don't. No, another troll saying Bastion Booger. If you remember him, oh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately. Why not Duke the Dumpster? If we're gonna, and we're gonna go. He's not a champion, but a champion in our hearts. Always. <laughs> um. Leaping Lanny Pofo. What? Jumping Jim Bruzel. Who are these people? <laughs> Paul Roma and King Kong Bundy. Really, dude? Hey, Paul Roma. Well, I like Paul Roma. I, I would, yeah. I would have said King Kong, but Big John Stud. I didn't know he wasn't a champion. Oh, wow. Junkyard Dog. I knew he wasn't, but eh, I don't know. Ronnie Garvin. Bad News Brown. Doink, right? So it was mostly a bunch of people saying um, Paul Orndorff. No. Like, good, good, yeah. Mister Wonderful. I mean, was it? What was he? WrestleMania two, right? Was yeah. WrestleMania, WrestleMania one. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> they were all top guys. Um, Dino Bravo. Yeah, Dino Bravo. Damn, I should have just said Dino Bravo. Also, I forgot all about him. He, he had the. He would have taken it from Hogan, and Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I could, I could. Greg the Hammer Valentine, and uh, that's your guy. Yeah. Uh, here comes another troll, Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bunch of other. Adam Bomb. <laughs> I can't with these. Okay. Number four. So my number four, uh, and it's going to sound funny, and it's not, it really wasn't one of my favorite wrestlers. I was just surprised at that time. Um, was Mr. Kennedy. I was surprised that he never got the book. Mr. Kennedy! Because they, really, they pushed him hard. They pushed him hard. They even won money in the bank. And you figure Kennedy. when you win Mr. or when you win money in the bank, that usually amounts to something. So I was yeah. I was surprised by that. And like I said, not my favorite guy, but I feel like he was relevant and hey. well <clears throat> my number four is a different Mr. Anderson. <laughs> it's Arn Anderson in WCW nineteen ninety two two thousand. Ten years with the company, man. Huh. Ten, well, more. I that name sounds familiar, that. doesn't it? Uh, yeah. If you look up Scissors and Sid Justice, 
But I feel like I mentioned that name. <laughs> You're, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you. I'm saying it. I feel like I mentioned Yeah, pretty much. It's Arn Anderson. <laughs> uh, the number one top man of the top heel and top stable in the company. We should do that next. And even when Ric Flair left, Arn should have picked up the slack. What did Triple H do when HBK left after WrestleMania? Trip became a top guy. So instead of him becoming top guy in WWE when Rick and Flair and Sid left, they make him go after the tag belts. Really? Why? Like, he's not good enough for your big belt? Honestly, this was his chance to prove he wasn't just the master of the spinebuster, but a good main eventer. He was WCW TV champion four different times, WCW tag team champion with four different people five times, ranked number nine of the PWI 500 magazine in 91. You talk about a company man, this man was it, only they didn't pull the trigger on him because they were too busy experimenting with others that didn't deserve it. Yeah, Lex. Alexander. Maybe you saw just because you had that belt over there, you were going to get um, on the road. Who needs a belt when you have a buff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> number three. All right. My number three is Jerry the King Lawler. Whoa! Yes. When he was feuding with Bret Hart, I feel like they could have given more relevance to the feud if they would have given the belt to Lawler and then had Bret Hart take it back. That was a lot. That would have been a lot of heat. Exactly. That, yeah, that's insane. Yes, I agree. For Bret to take it back. Like I said, three months, six months, whatever. Short time. You know, back then they didn't have um, the short title ring or whatever. Yeah, they didn't have them every month like we do now. So three, six months. But I think that would have given more relevance to the feud. And it would have wow. given more relevance to Lawler in WWE. Yeah, it would have. Like, I get he's just a joke. They treated him as a joke. And then the comedy routines and all that. Yeah, the comedy, yeah. The comedy. The and then... deal. If, if you look him up before WWE, and I know you know, but I'm saying for anybody else, look him up before he was in WWE. He was the real deal. He was a serious uh, yeah, wrestler. Yeah. He freaking destroyed Andy Kaufman. <laughs> okay. Well, look him up aside from that. Also. Aside from Andy Kaufman, but he he is the king of Memphis for a reason. Yeah. <sighs> Number three, Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, yeah. And that the, needs to be number one. 1986 through 1992. Why does man not get a championship? title after all the shit he pulled with that snake yeah he had a weapon he literally almost killed macho man he was in a blind man match he almost gave ricky steamboat a concussion he practically gave andre a heart attack with that snake say, yeah the only person or the only well not the person person but scared of the snake and then they kill his snake right in front of him <laughs> but yeah, the earthquake kills a snake right in front of him, but won't yeah. give him a push after all the shit you made him do. <laughs> um, number 23 in the PWI 500 in 1991. He, he's up there. 
<laughs> All right, top two. Let's go. I'm about to get some people mad. Uh, all right, who's your number two? All right, so number two, although when they brought him over, he went from real deal to a joke. The stalker. Oh, Brian. DDP should have had a belt. Oh, DDP, yes. I don't know why they brought him over and brought him into a joke. He must have had backstage heat or something. I don't think it was more. I don't think it was backstage heat. I think it was more of um, we own your contracts. We own WCW. Let's make WCW into a joke and all the stars. Every champion from that from WCW was turned into a joke. Booker T. That's true. NDP. Not, not though. Not, he was the joke. He never held a belt though over there. Never held a. But I guess he kind of. He maybe he had he, he spun it in the right way because. Jericho kind of became a bigger star in WWE than he was in WCW. Pretty much, yeah. But everybody that they bought, after they bought WCW, everybody that from there, that was the champion, like the heavyweight yeah, champion true. from that there. Big guys, yeah. Top guys were just treated as, you know, jokes. Uh, DDP, Booker T at first. Um, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash Buff got relegated. Buff Bagwell for one night. I was upset about Buff Bagwell for one night. I was legitimate. I, I like yeah. Buff Bagwell a lot. Scott Steiner, pretty much. Yeah, but he was a WWE guy before he was a. Why well, can't? Yeah, but he but was a WWF guy. At, you know, for one year. He made a big name. For one year. Yeah. He was in WWF for one year. Really? Was and it that only was, one year? That was, that was only. That was the only one year, and oh. it was the whole. Um, Steiner Brothers going after the tag belts, and that was it. Because as a kid, I remembered him only as a WWF guy. Like I was right. Also too, and then like nope, Um, he goes to WCW, stays there forever, and NWO and all that. Like you know, you're you're part of the reason we lost the ratings war. No, I gotta kill your uh, momentum, kid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I do agree with DDP should have been because like, he was doing the whole positivity page in WWE. Yeah. And then what's positive about being a stalker? Come on. Yeah, that was, they really, hey. they really did him dirty. They did him dirty for real. Who's next? Me? Yeah. All right. Number two. And on this list, but not in my heart, always number one in my heart. This person was undefeated from 1991 to 1996. Well, 1991 to 93. But he was there for five years at least. He had an undefeated streak from 91 to 93 before he lost to some douche who left because his ankle got hurt. Yeah. Oh, no. He would go after the Intercontinental Championship and lose via countout or DQ at WrestleMania 9. Wait. He didn't get pinned during those no. two and a half years. Are but he would serious? be. Pushed. I know who you're going to say. <laughs> but he would be pushed at the main eventer and have main event style matches. When Hogan was gone, he would. Ev- oh boy! When Hogan was gone, he would eventually adopt the hulking up move and run around the ring to get that energy from the crowd, and then point at his opponent. He wore a loincloth. He wore a loincloth, and his name was Tatanka. <laughs> okay. He was honored. 
Yeah, pretty much. He was honored by Chief Jay Strongbow, Chief Wahoo McDaniel, and Lumbee tribesman Ray Little Turtle with a full-length Lumbee tribe headdress on an edition of Raw. He feuded with IRS because taxmen wanted him to pay taxes for that headdress. But my favorite year for him, my exact favorite year, I'll never forget it. It was the most epic plot twist ever. And from this moment on, we should just do um, freaking faces that turned heel that you didn't expect. In 1994, when he turned heel against best friend Lex Luger and joined the Million Dollar Corporation. That right there, like, you son of a bitch, no! At the same time, it was Alexander Luger, you know, fresh off the um, his bus tour. Off the bus. Off the bus. But still, it was freaking epic. He would feud with Luger, Bam Bam Bigelow, and have matches against the champions like Diesel and Bret Hart, but always fell short. If anything, 94 and 95 would have been the year to have him with the championship and then have another feud with Lex Luger. Ranked number 40, unfortunately, in the PWI 500 in 1994. But he deserved that. He deserved better. Especially that heel turn. He deserved better. No, I can agree with that. I, I love Katanja. And back then, what kid under 12 years old didn't like Katanja? Hey, it, to me, that right there was like Hulk Hogan turning heel. Yeah, yeah, that was a big deal back then. That was a big deal. Tatanka turning heel was like, he did it first. He said, stick it to everybody. And then Hogan does it two years later, but still. Yeah, that was a big deal. Uh, Number one. All right, so this one, I don't know. it, It might be controversial. It might, people might not care. But. He was a great wrestler. He was an even better talker. And he went by the moniker The Body. Oh, my. Until he became a governor and changed it to The Mind. <laughs> Jesse Ventura was, if you look him up, you got to look him up before the 90s, 70s and 80s. Look up his matches. Look, he was a serious competitor. I don't see why he didn't win the championship. Freaking body. Yeah, the pretty 80s. much. He, he was a, a freaking, serious contender. He was basically Hogan before Hogan was Hogan. He ruled on the wrestling. He ruled on the mic. And yeah. like uh, CM Punk once said, he was the best in the world at that time. Ruled in Hollywood, and then he ruled in Washington, you know? As, I mean, as a governor, you know, in politics. Minnesota. So, <laughs> Minnesota. Well, not literally in Washington, but, you know, it's Washington politics. Um, yeah, he, was, he had the look. He had the talk. He had... You know, he could cut a promo like nobody's business back then. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would I would have to do more research into that. I have no idea why Jesse Ventura never won the belt back then. Maybe because they had, you know, was the bigger guys, you know, they were more into the bigger guys. But he was a big guy. He was he was about Hogan's size back then, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he was. When he was, he was competing. He, he was there. He might have been as thick, but he was definitely as muscular as. I don't know why he never won the belt. That's my number one. Yeah, number one. <laughs> oh, number one in my head. Uh-oh. From 1987 to 1996. Huh, like what? Nine years? Wow. 
nine years from the eighties to nineties, and still when he leaves in ninety six, he still becomes a freaking hated person. He is the most hated in WWE. He was the most hated in WCW for a little bit, but Ooh. still. Okay, let me ask you before you before you say it. Is it a really big guy? No. Not a really big guy. Okay. No, not a really big guy. The man has a long resume. He bought the WWE Championship onto the Giant. But they didn't acknowledge it, so it's not in the history books. It's Ted DiBiase. Hmm. And since he thought he was cheated from that because he paid a price, he turned it into a million-dollar belt and always defended it, even though he won. Nobody else was going to win that belt, except maybe Virgil, but he didn't matter. He got a bodyguard, paid off Dusty Rose, Dan Friend, Sapphire, and turned and then kicked her out. After he defeated his opponent with the Million Dollar Dream, he would stuff a $100 bill in his mouth. So when he wakes up to be a way of saying thanks for doing the job, sometimes Virgil would retrieve the $100 bill and keep it for himself. You know, you got to pay the bills. Bodyguard's not free. No. He made a young kid RVD. Kiss his feet for money on live TV. RVD. Who, Rob Van Rob Van Dam. Who was the? Wasn't it somebody famous too that um, did the basketball thing? Um, or was not it just, a random kid? Oh, just a random little kid who he oh. made cry. <laughs> he and but then I, you know, but then they said like, all right, we're I'm gonna give you this money anyway. Oh, okay, that's after it, it was cut and all that. It's like. Hey, there, here. <laughs> there was something with Linda McMahon too, wasn't there? Yeah, I I think I heard about that too. Yeah. Uh, he he bought off Hercules' contract and wanted Herc to work for him as a slave. Herc didn't like that. He bought off the number thirty spot at the 90, 80, 1989 Royal Rumble from Akeem. Remember that guy? And oh. tried to buy off Big John Stud, who were the last two wrestlers in the ring before Big John eliminated Tibiasi. At the 1990 Royal Rumble, he was punished for buying off the number 30 spot the year before and was given number one. He lasted 45 minutes. Wow. In 1992, he got the services of IRS, which they became known as Money, Inc., and they won the tag team belt on three separate occasions. He would mock other heel wrestlers for losing the jobbers. <laughs> he mocked Razor Ramon enough to turn him face. He retired and became a manager, and even then, he still was the most hated villainous heel. He started a million-dollar corporation and started buying contracts, including Nikolai Volkov, who was doing poorly and needed the money. He would embarrass him and make him wear the Sense logo on his trunk, followed by Property to Million Dollar Man. He followed that up with his other partner, IRS, and then Bam Bam Bigelow. He bought others and created the most hated stable in the WWE. How do you not give him the belt? Others in the stable were Kama, who was Papa Shango and now goes by the Godfather. Good man. Good. The, walking, the walking condom, King Kong Bundy. Oh, <laughs> oh, five Psycho Sid One, two, three, kid And the most famous one of all That I did not see coming The Native American Tatanka He bought off a Native American Terrible, yeah How do you not push him And finally before he left to join the NWO He introduced all of us to the new Million dollar champion The ringmaster Steve Austin Mm -hmm. Yeah, that guy didn't last long either. So, nah, nobody cares about him. Nah, ringmaster, who? Uh, He'll never go anywhere. Never. Who? Who? No. 
Most hated ringmasters in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he'll be in the Hall of Fame either. That guy had a lot of nerve coming in. <laughs> See this head right here? See it? I remember that promo. Most hated wrestler of the year, 1982. Number 17 in the PWI 500, 1991. And that's the top 10. I'm glad you joined us. <laughs> if you have anything to say, let us know. Agreed or disagreed with our picks. Um, let us know. Send us a message. Send us a voice message saying your picks. Let us know what you think. We really want to know what you think. Like I basically, I didn't say your name, but I basically said, you know, um, old school wrestling Facebook group, and I did all that, and I mentioned some of you. But uh, one person agreed with me. I gotta say it. I gotta find it. I know one person agreed with me, and. His name is Rick Lanning. There you go. Thank you, Rick Lanning, for agreeing with me. You also said that Ted DiBiase was the number one. So, yeah, cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Right? Yeah, it just shows that more than one person has that. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Others that, you know, I've reached out to. It's like, hey, can I say your name? They said yes. Um, Tommy Kersey, thank you for agreeing. Um, I, yeah, all these people, dude. They pretty much said yes. All you guys rule. You guys are awesome. Um, Can't wait to hear you guys say something on the show. Okay, side note, they also want to be on the show. (laughs) Okay, well... They must have good taste if they're listening to us. They're like, can I be on the show? Like, uh, you got to listen to the show first, dude. Definitely, yeah. That's your homework. <laughs> Just listen gonna, to the show. We're going to put a code word. If you don't mention the code word, you can't get in. Get, you know, listen to us first. Uh, get to know us. And then come on the show. And, you know, I'll, and all that stuff. Like a few people said it. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. They said, Yeah. It's time for the WrestleMania Rewind, where we bring up our old WrestleMania moments and talk about it on the air. This week, we are headed to WrestleMania 18. During the show, we will be stating additional facts that you may or may not have known already that we just happened to come across on the web over the years. At times, we will discuss what happened afterwards to either the feud or the wrestler throughout the year. After we discuss the WrestleMania and its moments, we will rate it by the card, the roster, what impact did it have on pop culture, and is rewatchable by giving it a unique rating system, such as how many videotapes out of 10 would we give it and would we take it with us to school to have our friends watch it during a free class or an elective. WrestleMania 18, March 17, 2002, Skydome, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Two bands performed. Um, one was Saliva. And the other one was Drowning Pool. Rock. <laughs> uh, a few things happened this year. This is the year they took the F out and the year we get the Raw and SmackDown brand extension, which I will be bringing up which wrestler went where. Everyone was separated, including tag teams, with the exception of the NWO, which was a stable group. 
unless you had the World Tag Team titles, you had a password to show up on both Raw and SmackDown, which meant more work for you and actually be on the road to the next town. Later on, they would stop this and just have a different brand tag team belts. The night after WrestleMania, Steve Austin no-showed, citing exhaustion. The man needed to take a break. He would eventually be drafted to Raw. They wanted to bury him in a match against Brock Lesnar without any build-up to it on Raw. So he walked out and didn't come back for a while until 2003. This is also the year we got two separate video games from WWE, the Raw video game and the SmackDown Shut Your Mouth video game, which I like better. Vince held an emergency meeting during the whole draft lottery and told his wrestlers that they were entering a new era. A ruthless aggression era. <laughs> First match of the night, RVD defeated William Regal for the IC Championship, the Intercontinental Belt. Six minutes and 19 seconds. It was short. Short but sweet. I think it was a good match. Hey, it's all right. it, was, it was good. It wasn't a Hollywood match, but I think it was a good. The Hollywood match was later on. Yeah, well, literally. Yeah. <laughs> literally. <laughs> uh, this match was short, but it still was a great opener to the whole show. The only matches that were out of place were the final three. Um, however, I love how all the other bells were just short and to the point. William Regal was the first member inducted into the elite club that I'm sure many of you know already. It's oh, not just elite. a club. It's very elite. Which I hope one day you get to join it. Um, no, no thanks. No. Um, another <laughs> member of that club, you know, it's proud member, uh, Marty Janetti. <laughs> pretty much I found out. Yeah, he's a member of that club. So is Jim uh, Ross. Jim yeah, Ross was true, forced. Yeah. Well, Jim Ross was forced to uh, join that club. Um, William Regal put his head forward and went with it, and it probably why he lasted that long in the WWE long, for joining yeah. the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. <laughs> this is the same year they held the draft lottery for Raw and SmackDown and made them into two separate brands. So William Regal went to Raw, where he came in as a European champion and immediately lost it to Spike Dudley. Regal would also chase the 24-7 title as he was involved in those matches as well. He later joined the Un-Americans, which consisted of mostly Canadian wrestlers, such as Landstorm, Christian, and Test. The group disbanded around September, with Landstorm and Regal winning the tag team belts later that month and continuing until next year. Uh, RVD was also drafted to Raw as the fourth pick. He would eventually have feud with Eddie Guerrero in the infamous ladder match that a fan in the fear that almost got taken down by Guerrero. Was that the Vicky match, or was that a different one? It was way before Vicky. It was it? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like a fan interfered and yeah, went in there. Right. And oh, when he yeah. ladder. All right. And Eddie's yeah. kicking him in the face. Yeah. And RBD like, what the hell is taking so long? <laughs> oh shit, my boy's in trouble. <laughs> but he died. He doesn't remember. He fought a few matches against Brock Lesnar, which ended in DQ. And in July, he unified the European Championship with the Intercontinental Championship when he defeated Jeff Hardy in the latter match. Later that month, he was defeated by Benoit, Chris Benoit, and won the IC title back at SummerSlam. At Survivor Series, he participated in the first ever Elimination Chamber against Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Booker T, Kane, and Chris Jericho. RVD with the five star frog splash when one of the pods to Triple H with his knee landing on Tripp's throat. Oh, that took him out. 
In October, he would form a tag team with Kane and would also be involved in the World Heavyweight Championship picture, facing off in main events against HBK and Triple H. Match number two, DDP defeated Christian for the European Championship. Another six-minute short match. Hey, they deserve yeah. better. Yeah, it was filler. I think that was filler. It, they deserve better, but it was filler. Uh, let's start with Mr. Temper Tantrum. I hated that gimmick. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, me too. <sighs> Throw himself on the mat. Flopped yeah. like a damn fish. Why would you let him do this? WWE needed help so badly. Sadly, he was drafted to SmackDown and continued that storyline until he joined the Young Americans because he had, WWE has a history of screwing Canadians over Montreal. Huh. By July, the Young Americans would re- defect to Raw where they got their fourth member, William Regal. By October, after the Young Americans disbanded, Christian would form a tag team with Chris Jericho. DEP also got drafted to SmackDown, but it didn't last long. Damn it. He suffered a neck injury against diff as fuck wrestler Hardcore Holly. Of course he did. You know, I wonder if Holly is going to get a receipt from that one day. Well, he might. Rock. Lesnar. After receiving opinions from doctors, Paige had to retire. He left WWE in June. He didn't come back to wrestling until 2014, where he faced Raven. In 2005, we all got the benefits of DDP Yoga and learned how to bang. He did. He did some good for people, though. He did like, legitimately. Scott Hall and um, Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake, and now Buff Bagwell. Yeah. Well, you know, silver lining. Hey. Maven. Versus Goldust for the Hardcore Championship. Three minutes because the 24-7 title. Spike Dudley ended up coming in there and pinning him. Maven. Yeah, which is fine. Goldust, who was a nine-time Hardcore Champion, was drafted to Raw, where he formed a tag team with Booker T. The most funniest tag team I've ever seen in a while. Booker joined the NXT 2.0 version of NNWO. And... Goldust tried joining also like an episode where they got the cool guy to join the fraternity, but his goofy sidekick gets denied. In June, Booker was ejected from the NWO. They won the tag team belt at Armageddon. Maven, a three-time hardcore champion, was the 10th pick for SmackDown due to being the hardcore champion. Yeah, nobody wanted Maven. No, nobody wanted Maven. Nobody, but here the hardcore champion. I guess they're coming with us. All right. Um, he was punished by Vince McMahon after losing the belt to Raven. Like, all right, you lost the belt? Nah, I can kick your ass. He was then traded to Raw in November and started a feud with Christopher Nowinski, who was a big advocate for concussions. And finally, little Spike Dudley, eight-time hardcore champion, drafted to Raw along with his half-brother, Bubba Ray. I hated that. While Devon got drafted to SmackDown until the end of the year, when finally all three brothers were together, and Devon ditched that old Reverend gimmick. Nobody liked that. Oh, Bautista. That's his deacon. Thank you, deacon. (laughs) Kurt Angle defeated Kane. And yet, this match was 10 minutes and 45 seconds. That was a funny match. (laughs) Funny match. Why? Why Kurt Angle and Kane? Why? Uh. Kane was drafted to Raw and started talking normal instead of a boys box. 
referred to his fans as the Canaanites in a now legendary promo featuring The Rock and Hulk Hogan. What you're gonna do, brother, when the Canaanites come running wild on you? Uh, yeah, okay. He won the tag team championship with the Hurricane in September and then won the Intercontinental Championship a week later against Jericho. He would immediately feud with Triple H, and I don't think I would bring it up, but the infamous Katie Vick storyline in which Triple H would dress up as Kane and simulate sex with a mannequin in a casket. Fun fact. Necrophilia. Necrophilia. Fun fact, there was a real funeral being held next door. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, we're going to film a thing over here, right next door. We apologize. Yeah. (laughs) Don't pay attention. Don't, Don't worry if you hear anything. Um, keep mourning your loss. Uh, we you know, are we'll sincere. Flowers, we'll send um, WWE tickets. Oh, yeah, there um, you go. We'll even uh, send one for the deceased in case. Uh, yeah, sad. Uh, my condolences. Rest in peace. Kane lost the belt to Triple H and No Mercy, but in October on Raw, Kane beat Triple H in a casket match. Kurt Angle was drafted to SmackDown and became his show forever. Yeah. He immediately feuded with Edge and lost the hair versus hair match. Angle defeated Hulk Hogan via submission, becoming the first ever to make Hogan tap out in WWE history. <sighs> Thank you. In the middle of 2002, Angle held open challenges to anyone in the back that had any ruthless aggression. Music hits and out walks this young, generic looking, muscle bound wrestler who slaps Angle across the face and almost beats him. Wait, who? Yeah. Can't I wait for this. I couldn't see anybody. You couldn't see anybody? I swear he was there. I couldn't. I don't think so. I thought yeah. that was... Wasn't that when Kurt Angle simulated a match by himself? Um, I do recall yeah, him I, just bouncing just around. There. Yeah. Like, bouncing around the ring, because he's the greatest. It was his right. show. He just made it look like he was having a match with somebody, just to showcase how good he was, that he could literally carry uh, I even could nobody. Do anything. I could do anything. Yeah. He can make Couldn't the air wait. look like a good wrestler. Yeah, his time is now. Yeah. That his time was definitely now. <laughs> or can you know, don't give up. Yeah, uh, so. hustle. Do the hustle. The loyalty the and the respect. Oh, John Oh no. Um can't wait for this kid to get buried soon. <laughs> What's next? He's gonna start rapping in the ring. Who, nobody? I believe his name was... His name is John C. Your time is up, my time is now. now. You can't see me, my time is now. now. It's the franchise where I'm shining now. now. You can't see me, my time is now. now. Yeah, I'm gonna say this. <laughs> Everybody's gonna hate it. At SummerSlam, he faced and defeated the newly debuted Rey Mysterio. In September, he feuded with Chris Benoit and then were thrown together as a tag team to determine the first ever WWE ta- SmackDown Tag Team Champion. They lost the belts in November against Edge and Mysterio in a two out of three falls match. He defeated Big Show for the World Championship at Armageddon and ended the year with the services of Paul Heyman and two new wrestlers known as the world's greatest tag team, Charlie Oz and Shelton Benjamin, collectively known as Team Angle. It was his year. <laughs> it, it was, was his show. show. His show. As soon as he said, I'm going to SmackDown, and it's a new brand. Okay, 
we're doing wrestling from now on. No sports entertainment. You guys can have that on Raw. We're going to go back to basic old wrestling. We're going to wrestle. I'm going to include new fucking people, and they're going to wrestle. SmackDown is going to be the A show from now on, and it happened. Damn right it happened. It's true. It's true. Damn true. Uh, the Hurricane defeated Spike Dudley for the Hardcore Championship. Uh, yeah, it happened. Hurricane was drafted to SmackDown, won the Cruiserweight Championship from the Jerry and Billy Kidman. Remember those guys? Oh, yeah. It's the, the later on in life Cruiserweight division that we know people this time around. He lost it to Jamie Noble at King of the Ring and then was traded to Raw later in 2002 where he formed a tag team with Kane, now known as Hurricane. <laughs> Great name there, guys. Why not? You know. Well, you know, who wore it better, Hurricane or Benifer? I say Hurricane. Who? Benifer, you know, Ben and Jennifer. Oh, my. Saying WWE was doing it before all they were doing it. You know, Hollywood combining the names and all that stuff. Yeah. WWE did it better. Mega powers. <laughs> uh, the only Undertaker match I didn't like, though, for this known reason, the Undertaker um, defeated Ric Flair. Yeah, 18 what? minutes. Too long. Way too long. Yeah, again, it, it was. I don't remember, and I'm sure it was relevant then. But when I watched it now, it's just like, and somebody's father beating up somebody's grandfather. Like, why? yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, Ric Flair would take control of Raw while Vince McMahon would run SmackDown. Yeah. During this time as running Raw, Flair would book himself to face the world champions Undertaker, and then later on Triple H. He lost his matches in September while Triple H defending the WWE World Heavyweight Championship against RVD. Flair came out to take the sledgehammer from Triple H, who ended up hitting RVD with it and joined him as his manager. But Batista joined them as well, and they became Evolution. They just needed one more person. One more person. Um, they had the future. They had the past, present, and the bodyguard. Enter Mark Jindrax. Oh. No, wait, scratch that guy. Oh. Got to redo the whole promo. Oh. Yeah, we got to do the whole promo again. Sorry, guys. From the top, let's bring in that other guy. What's his name? Um, uh, I don't know. He didn't last that much. Orton. Bob, Bob Orton's kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he was there for a while, wasn't he, with the whole shoulder? He had the arm sling and all that stuff. Started out the year with the arms. Uh, started yeah. off the year with um, basic creative wrestler. Purple shorts, Randy Orton. Hey, nothing you can say, nothing you can do. That's not what he started with, though. No, was it something else? Oh, no, he started with. Oh yeah, that's right. Music. Super generic music. Talk about create a wrestler. His music, his original music. Was... Then they gave him her solo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Randy Orton. Yeah. And then he gets injured, and then he comes back as a faith, and then he comes back as a heel. Mm-hmm. Sure. They didn't know what to do with him. Let's put him in evolution. Cool. Undertaker... Yeah, it did. Pretty much. Undertaker was drafted to Raw, where he would defeat Steve Austin at Backlash for a number one contendership of the undisputed title. 
He defeated Hulk Hogan a month later for the undisputed title. He turned face in July when he defeated Jeff Hardy in a ladder match, but shook his hand afterwards. He was later drafted to SmackDown Nuggets and would have epic matches against Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, and Eddie Guerrero. Told you SmackDown was the best show. In October. Yeah. Because Undertaker got there, too. And then we have, of course, great. Wrestler's Court. We got to do that one. In October, The Undertaker took a break and didn't come back until the Royal Rumble in 2003. Uh, so glad I waited a week to say this match. Stone Cold defeated Scott Hall. Mm. Yeah. The, WWE pulled the brakes on the end of the storyline from the start. If they didn't create it, they will destroy it. Kevin Nash is quoted in a saying that they found out that after they found out Hogan was going to turn face and drop out of the NWO, Scott said he'll be at the bar, which started a whole slew of problems. They then proceeded to recruit X-Pac on SmackDown and the big show right after. The band's back together, and they all got drafted to Raw. In May, Scott Hall would be in the now infamous and now seen on Dark Side of the Ring playing right from hell. Which he was under heavy substance and claims he doesn't remember a thing that happened. He was wheeled out of the airport upon arrival. He would be released two days later after competing in a six-man match. Like, why wouldn't you tell him before the match? Like, tell me, be- out of him. <laughs> tell me before work that I'm fired before I start right. work. Oh, yeah. I still blame WWE for this. Kevin Nash continued to run the ball with NWO Angle, even recruiting his best friend and clique member, Shawn Michaels, into the group. Again, it was the NXT 2.0 version. He suffered a bicep injury, which put him out of action for a bit. And when he came back, the infamous quad injury. In July, Vince McMahon brought former WWE president, Eric Bischoff, as the new general manager of Raw, and permanently disbanded the NWO. Nash wouldn't come back until 2003. Great. Uh, Billy and Chuck defeated APA, the Dully Boys, the Hardy Boys in a tag team championship. 13 minutes and 50 seconds. It's not bad for a tag team match, especially yeah, a four way. Yeah, with that many teams. Billy and Chuck. Wow. <laughs> Matt and Jeff were split up. Um, Jeff would be drafted to Raw. While Matt would be working the heat matches on Sunday night, he came back to Raw and turned heel by turning on his brother again. He would be drafted to Raw where he would see Matt Hardy version one and get the best Mattitude facts we could ever imagine. Another person who made SmackDown the best thing ever. Matt would get over fast as a heel and form a team consisting of MFers, Shannon Moore, and Crash Holly. Oh, yeah. Here, my MFers, my Mattitude followers, followers yeah. Matt followers. Yeah, yeah. Devon was drafted to SmackDown where he would have that short lived gimmick. Thank God. Reverend Devon Dima- and teamed up with Deacon Batista. <laughs> Nobody would like that. They Dudley boys were separated and they got heat because of it. Bubba was regulated to tagging with half-brother Spike, but developed a mediocre phase version of what is now known as Bully Ray. They would safely reunite at Survivor Series. Bradshaw was drafted to Raw, and Farouk was drafted to SmackDown. They split up the best team ever. 
<laughs> Another team that eventually reunite due to bad splitting decisions. Yeah. 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 Billy and Chuck. Oh boy, Billy and Chuck caused a lot of controversy that year. They couldn't get away with that now. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, before I continue on um this was back what ten years ago? Twenty years Jeez. Oh, more than ten. It was yeah, oh twenty. Gosh. Um oh. this was Back then, there was a thing back then. Starting out as Chuck joining the WWE brand after he was kicked out of the Alliance, he teamed up with Billy Gunn and would later turn heel when the Alliance storyline ended. Of course, Billy and Chuck would then be affectionate toward each other, acting what kids today would call sus. Yeah. I'm not saying it's sus now, I just, you know, saying these kids would say it. Kind of sus. Back then. <laughs> When they were with each other, they would come out wearing the same type of clothing, pigtails, and more twerking. And listen, and their song was like a backstreet uh, type of song. <laughs> you are so good, yeah. And you look so good. It wasn't you look so good. I thought it was you, you are so good. Look so good to me. Oh my! <laughs> Developmental wrestler Rico Constantino. Yeah would arrive at the main roster and be placed as a personal stylist and manager to the duo. Okay, remember, they were still heels. And so basically, it's like everything that WWE ever did back then. Um, if you were gay or a lesbian, you would be considered a heel for no reason. It's just like Lanny Puffo had it. The genius was a gay, right? <laughs> right? I mean, it wasn't just me. No? Okay, it was just me, I guess. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I would assume that he was gay. Um, and they yeah, made him out to be. I, they made him uh, out to be. They made him out to be. Because he did all these things that... So. Like, he, the way he walked, the way he um, pranced around the ring. Yeah, I, um, for that, like, as a heel move, of course, he would shake hands with the left hand, not the right. Of course, WWE would do that. <laughs> But as soon as everybody was changing their minds of Billy and Chuck, they started becoming more faces. So everybody was loving it. So Rico Constantino arrived at the main roster and be placed as a personal stylist and manager to the duo. In September, more controversy in this storyline when Chuck proposed life partnership to Billy and would happen on SmackDown. They didn't like that. <laughs> Uh, they wanted a resolve to this, but it never happened. Uh, none of them would go through it as it was revealed that Billy and Chuck did it all for what are the kids saying these days? What for the clout? Clout. <laughs> Eric Bischoff was disguised as a priest in one of the most awesome wedding segment reveals in history and had a brand versus brand feud with SmackDown general manager Stephanie McMahon. Told the duo they have expired their three minutes of fame. I'm sorry. Did Eric Bischoff just hear himself say three minutes? No. Enter three minute warning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Controversial. Um, on to the next match, which, wow. 
should have been the main event. <laughs> yeah, back then it should have been. The Rock defeated Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, 16 minutes and 23 seconds. It could have been longer. I still would have enjoyed it. Freaking um, the best match of the night. Like these other matches just sucked in comparison. Um, and the last time I'm ever going to see Hogan at WrestleMania in a main I'm event. I'm sure I loved it back then. Watch rewatching it. I feel like it dragged on for me. It, it dragged on. Now it dragged. Yeah, back then I loved it. Yeah, back then because of the Rock. And then, like, you're, you, yeah. Uh, I've chosen just about every mania with him in the main event, event, including this one. Wait, this isn't the main event. Who else is left? Mm. I'd hate to be the people who have to follow this classic. Well, they had to have something in between. Like, you know, if you're, if you're somebody who eats sushi, you know, you have to have that ginger before, oh, you, take a, <laughs> before you take another. Uh... <laughs> Before you try another sushi roll, so they had to have something in between. I love the crowd participation in this match. When they first met, they were all into it. Crowds were cheering for both of them. During this match, the crowd turned on The Rock and cheered Hollywood Hogan, so they switched their roles during the match. Hogan acted like a face, and The Rock acted like a heel, hence why Hogan was ready to hulk up. Yeah. And The Rock was like staring at him, like, what the hell are you doing? Blah, 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 and then spit on his hand and then slap him. <laughs> Hogan once again tried to win the match with a leg drop. But this is the modern era. We know better now. So The Rock kicks out. Three rock bottoms later, and he does the people's elbow and wins the match. The people's elbow trumps the Hogan leg drop. as ridiculous move of the 90s. <laughs> After the match, Hogan shakes The Rock's hand. This uh, uh, turn, this in turn has Kevin Nash and Scott Hall come out to attack Hogan, but The Rock comes back in the ring and takes them both out. The Rock tells Hollywood to do the face Hulk Hogan poses, and they both do. A month later, he faced Triple H from the undisputed title, and politics still couldn't keep Triple H from winning this one. When it comes down to it, Hogan politics trumps Triple H politics. He... In May, he lost the undisputed title to The Undertaker. Later drafted the SmackDown, he teamed with Edge to win the tag team belt from Billy and Chuck, which meant a password to show up on both Raw and SmackDown. In August, Hogan feuded with Lesnar and became the second person to beat him via submission and the first to beat him in a bear hug of all moves. What a maneuver. Hogan went on hiatus and didn't come back until 2003. The Rock, however, was the number one pick drafted in SmackDown. The Rock's freaking show, man. What are you doing? <laughs> Absolutely. He defeated Kurt Angle and Undertaker at Vengeance in July for another speed of championship. In August, Brock Lesnar defeated The Rock in what is called Bizarro World due to everyone in attendance booing The Rock and cheering for Brock Lesnar, who was a heel. He took a short absence, Hollywood, and didn't come back until 2003 because he was shooting the Scorpion King as Hollywood Rock version and still the best version of the Rock. Oh, mama. Yeah, I... <laughs> was that a, a Johnny Bravo? That was a Rock, Hollywood Rock oh, okay. uh, reference right there. He's a big fella. <laughs> Hollywood Rock was the best version. I don't care the what you said. I think the uh, theme song was the best one, too. Oh, yeah. 
like when that thing was hit and I'm just like who's coming out yeah. electricity like no way he's back he comes out wearing a vest mm-hmm. and the big uh, the big belt buckle the belt buckle I'm like oh shit and then he starts doing all these rock Concert. stuff and I'm just like oh no <laughs> we got heel rock oh yeah um there's another match I, I don't know why yeah they could have waited until raw jazz defeated trish stratus and lita for the WWE women's championship i have to say one thing to that yeah i i agree i agree six minutes and 60 seconds you know what fuck this match <laughs> yeah oh all three women are pissed off because they were told to follow the Rock and Hogan, and they hated being there. They didn't want to be there. They just said, "Like, why?" Well, they were the ginger. You had to cleanse uh, the palate. Uh, uh, the fans hated them being in this predicament, so just make it a short six-minute match. Jazz wins. Lita goes out in the blaze of glory and suffers a stinger of what doctors or what doctors refer to it as spine injury, only characterized by shooting or stinging pain. That travels down one arm, followed by numbness and weakness in the parts of the arm, including the biceps, deltoid, and spinati muscles. She was filming an episode of the critically acclaimed hit TV show at the time. Nobody watched. Dark Angel with Jessica Alba. Nobody cared. She, she would be out of action for at least until 2003, so they moved her down to commentator duties on Sunday Night Heat, but also went home to recuperate. Poor Lita. I really do feel bad that it happened. What, maybe, maybe if there was a way another injured wrestler would text her, and then they could hang out together Uh-oh. while her boyfriend Matt is on That's SmackDown. While her yeah. boyfriend Matt is on SmackDown carrying the show with his Mattitude 2.0 followers. Oh wait, no, 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 we're too early for this. Yeah. That doesn't happen until 2005. And that kid is how I met your mother. Trish Stratus gets drafted to Raw, wins the Hardcore Championship against Grash Holly for one night. The next night, she, the next week, she wins the Women's Championship for the second time. She was defeated by heel version of Miss ha- Molly Holly at King of the Ring and continued to feud for three more months. During this time, a while a newly uh, during this time, a newly Victoria had entered the scene with a story that her and Trish used to be best friends on the fitness model scene. But Trish betrayed her, so she came here to challenge her. I love those storylines. That's parts unknown. <laughs> yes. Like, parts unknown, really. Yeah, I was in the scene with her, and then... <laughs> which reminds me of the times wrestler used these types of gimmicks, like Jerry Lawler and his dentist. Or Nails. Or Nails to fight Big Boss Man, because he was a bully when Nails was in prison. Yeah. But they let me out. I escaped. I'm still wearing the uniform. I still wear the uniform to work. <laughs> this is my work uniform. Uh, yeah, like when that happens, it's like, what? Victoria? Wait, let me search for her. Hey, it says here she was a member of Godfather's. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did see that. Nobody believes that anymore. Jazz, who had the unfortunate task of being injured a month later due to a torn ACL, dropped a women's championship against Trish Stratus. 
So basically, she didn't need to win here. She was out for months and didn't come back into January of 2003 with new um, manager. Holla, holla, Teddy Long. That was time, wasn't she? Was she tag team or manager of her husband? What red? His name was. The husband, uh, tag team, husband, I think. Yeah, and, but what? Yeah. Well, they all, yeah, the stable or something. It was a thing, but it wasn't a stable. I don't think it was. They um, came out together. I don't think Teddy Long called it a stable. Okay, he just I guess represented both of them. Then. Yeah. Red. What was his name? Red. Red Dog. Um, Rodney Mac. Rodney Mac. But they called him some. They called him Red Dog or something. I remember that. Did Red, they? Some, yeah. Um. It was. Jeez. Why don't I just go look up Rodney Mack? <laughs> yeah. Um, right under his Red Dog ring name. Maybe that was in another federation. Then. You're right. I remember him as Red Dog. Okay. Bad Dog, <laughs> Mac Militant. Oh, Red the original Mac Militant. Wow. Red Dog, Notorious Dog, Red Dog. Bagnod, Rod Bagnod, Rodney Bagnod, Rodney Mack. Goodness, man, you gone through all the. He was the original Mac Militant. Yeah, all this time I thought it was um, Teddy Long. Well, yeah, but he, he came with him with the music, and then he kept the music. I think Teddy Long. Yeah, so, so basically, Teddy Long keeps the music of yeah. a name that it was originally for Rodney Mack. Yeah. That's great. And yeah, he kept that. Was there a time? What's his um, world strongest man? What's his name? Mark Henry. He never came out to that. No, but they were a tag team. Remember when? Yes. I think they came out to yeah. The Hall of Pain. The Hall of Fame. Pain. The Hall of Pain. Yeah. Or was and it? They came out to the music, right? They oh, came out to yeah. it as a tag team. The Mac Militant. So. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember. Uh, Mark Henry coming out to it, so but it was as a team. And finally, Triple H defeated Chris Jericho for the undisputed championship, and also hated the fact that they were in the main event. Yeah, it Tri- felt like a letdown. Watching it again, I don't know back then if it felt like that, but watching it now it was kind of like. Mm. Triple H coming back from a quad injury, which took him out for eight months and missing out on every storyline since then. Yeah. Uh, that was January. Freaking hurt. Including the invasion storyline and everything in between May of 2001 and January of 2002. Those were good times, man. Yeah. Damn. He returned to win the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. It reminded remind me to do an episode of What If Triple H didn't tear his quad and was involved in that Invasion storyline. Yep. I'm a book it. Book um, book the storyline. Yeah. He looked good in this match, but yet another person who agreed that his shouldn't have been the main event. Your father-in-law didn't listen. <laughs> Chris Jericho and Stephanie McMahon should never be TMA again. Ever. Again. This was awkward. This was cringy. After the storyline ended and he lost the undisputed title, he went on to be drafted to Raw and tagged with Christian. 
He beat RBD for the IC title in September, but lost to Kane a week later. He later won the tag team belts with Christian until Armageddon in December. Triple H held the undisputed title for a month. Damn, that sucks, dude. <laughs> Coming back, winning the Royal Rumble, winning the WrestleMania, thinking, yeah, undisputed title. What the hell for? And then a month later, you're losing it to Hogan. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> At Backlash and looking visibly upset when The Undertaker came into the fear and called for an audible to let Hogan go yeah. over. Oh, what do you mean? No. <laughs> like, the man was shaking. I saw that. It's like, oh, he is pissed off. How do you like that? Getting <laughs> politicked. How do you like that? You're not going to argue with your father-in-law, right? Yeah. <laughs> After this moment, he was drafted to SmackDown, which he hated. This wasn't his year. It was later on in the year that was his year. Shawn Michaels came back to Raw and joined the NWO, which in turn had asked to bring Triple H to join NWO to come back to Raw as well. Vince McMahon disbanded the NWO and brought in Eric Bischoff as the Raw general manager. Bischoff brings in Triple H, and everything seems fine when Shawn Michaels thinks he's bringing back the X until Trip hits him with the pedigree. They face off against each other in an unsanctioned street fight at SummerSlam where Michaels comes out of retirement to win. In September, Triple H was awarded the WCW World Heavyweight Championship because Brock Lesnar had won the Undisputed Championship and stayed exclusive to SmackDown. So it is very disputed, as they say. In October, he feuded with Kane and now infamous Katie Vick storyline, forever mentioned. (laughs) In November, he lost the championship to Shawn Michaels in the first ever Elimination Chamber and regained it back in December at Armageddon. Triple H being back as a heel was good for business. Yeah, Don't you think so? I agree. Yeah, I Triple agree. Triple H as a heel is always better than Triple H as a face, I think. I think he should only be a face when he's in the... Uh... Uh, how was the card? Are you asking me for my how many takes? Uh, yeah. Mo- time to discuss the card. Time to discuss the I, card. I, I'm gonna be honest. I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't have. I wish I did not have to have watched that again. I never would have thought that, but watching it, it it really felt like a chore. Oh, <laughs> uh, I actually thought I was like, oh, cool names, and then you see the matches, like what? Yeah, but what the hell watching the matches? No, I I got through like two matches, and I was like. Fast forward. Why am I Fast watching? Forward. I'm watching it because of The Rock and Hogan. The yeah. roster, the roster was pretty good at the time. It's sure. just that they had horrible storylines, so they got everybody from WCW. They just couldn't get the writers from WCW. Well, and looking back, except I'm sure, but watching now is just like it, it. You know, it, I guess you had to have been there. And like literally in that time, because watching it now, I I don't know why. Don't know I why I liked it. I don't know why I like. Obviously, I probably did. I probably thought it was awesome back then. But uh, what impact did it have on pop culture? Ah, at the time, it's like everything. Just 
I mean, I guess Hogan and Rock. The rock band that showed up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, by, have the bands. By the fourth match, I totally forgot they were there. But then they did, didn't they do, um, Saliva did, uh, Triple H's, no. Who did Triple H's music? Like, from the um, album, was it, who was the other band that was there? Um, Drowning Pool. Drowning Pool, and they actually did the song. So that was cool, because remember, they actually did the song on the album. Yeah. His alternative. Um. Cool. Saliva kind of got on my nerves after they did one song. They were doing they did a couple more songs, and I'm like, eh. But it was cool. As a wrestling fan, I don't think anybody knew what Dark Angel was. Oh, the show? I knew Be- what it was. I never watched Be- it, but I only knew what it was because I used to watch CW. I, I think. WB. Was it WB? Wasn't it on the- Fox? No. No? Was it? No, because it was on the same station. What state? I think it was. Maybe they didn't call it CW yet, but WB became CW, and Dark Angel yeah. was on that same station. That's why she was on the show. What? I thought it was, I legit thought the Dark Angel was on Fox, and I never watched it. it was like, eh, I watched it once the first episode because they fucking hyped it too much. Like, oh, you know what? like the Fox. the first episode would always be like the trailers for that first episode. Like, I don't know why. I always thought it was on. Okay, you're right. That was on Fox. Yeah, it was on Fox. And maybe they did reruns on CW. But oh, you're right. You're absolutely uh-huh. right. So you know, I only seen the first episode. After that, it was like, all right, I don't want to watch this. I was and then Jessica Alba fan, even back then when she was a big deal. Then the lead us thing hits, and I'm just like, oh, let me see what happened. <laughs> so like the episode aired, it's like, ah, not that bad. I don't know. Oh, you saw it. What was it? Did they go for a Hurricane Rana or something? Like somebody landed on her. Yeah, it was a Hurricane Rana, but somebody landed on her or some shit. Uh, It was okay. Um, Is it rewatchable by giving a unique rating system such as how many videotapes out of 10? I'm going to go with three. One match in there that I really liked and it's the lowest. I apologize for making you watch this. Yeah. Like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, okay, I'm done watching the main event. We still got to watch the other ones? Uh, all right, I'll watch it tomorrow. Yeah, I did not like it at all. <laughs> um, was it, What's your rating? Yeah, I'll give it three. I was going to go three, yeah. Uh, will we take it with No, we're not taking it to no, school. I would, no. absolutely would not. Like guys, this where where what year are we in? Two thousand oh, you're the internet. Hey, come look at this. It's on YouTube. Well, we weren't YouTube back then, but no, but I absolutely not. Post it on how do we post it on the internet? Um MSN. I guess we could add a DVD, so we could have <laughs> skipped. DVDs, yeah. Hey, how many DVDs out of ten would we give? <laughs> Uh, still videotapes. Yeah. Um, no, not taking it to school with us. Yeah. Just tell your friends. Oh, yeah, that match was awesome. Just one match. I hated the rest. Yeah. Uh, cool. 
That's all the time we have for tonight. We will be back next week with WrestleMania 7 moments discussion. More news and results. The top 10 stables of all time. I do believe we just agreed to that. Uh, basically, it's stables from any era. Any era. Any federation. Any, any company. All that stuff. If you have another pay-per-view that you think we should watch and review it, just like we have with St. Valentine's Day Massacre, or like the first ever Monday Night Raw, and in your house, let us know. If you disagree or agree with our, either of our lists, let us know and send us a message. We have also joined the Nerdvana Network, or TNN for short. Yay! Get, where's the children to give us a round of applause? Yeah. Thank, thank you, yeah. Um, which is a conglomerate of podcasts that promote each other's common interests. So give them a follow as well. Check out the link tree at linktree.com forward slash the Nirvana Network for more information on that. There's the All Queued Up podcast, which is two nerds watching internet streaming shows. They have new content every Friday. It's a masterpiece, shit piece theater show. They go live every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And the Nerds Have Spoken podcast, like-minded individuals who are just dedicated to bring weekly entertainment and discussions of nerd culture, sports, games, collection, and so much more. If you have a YouTube account, or rather watch your podcast on YouTube, check out the Coco Smith Showcase Collectible Show, The Sentinel Bay Review, and Tim K's Nerd Great. All awesome video shows. Follow us on Twitter at all underscore things underscore pod. Follow me on Twitter at Million Dollar Geek. Listen to us on Spotify or Anchor at All Things Wrestling. Check us out on Facebook groups at All Things Wrestling with the same logo. Check us out on YouTube and smash that subscribe button. And follow us on Instagram for more wrestling content. Thank you for supporting our content and giving us a listen. Until next time. I'm Ernie. This is Michael. Have a good one. See you next time. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, more of that later next week.